Good morning. Well, it's morning here in Vancouver. Wherever it is, whatever time it is where you're watching, if you're watching on replay, give me a hashtag replay. I would love to uh, know what you got out of this training. I am continuing this conversation based on the conversations I've been having, uh, the DMs I've been receiving, noticing patterns coming up again and again. So I wanted to shed some light for you and welcome you if you're brand new to this community. Totally welcome. You belong. Uh, you're here because you're interested in healing. Um, I'm a chiropractor and healing is my jam. And I noticed that the structure and the structural problems people were coming in to see me for uh, for years, practicing for 20 years, still practicing. In fact, I'm going to be going into the clinic just after this short little transmission and I get to see people who are at the end stages of stress-related problems and then it starts to manifest in their bodies. So if you've ever noticed you're, you're having like health issues, if you're ever noticing you're having digestive issues, if you're ever noticing that uh, your immunity is not right, uh, you're getting colds frequently, you're feeling anxious consistently, uh, you're noticing chronic pains, your jaw is tensing up quite a bit, you have headaches and neck pain, these are physical, oftentimes physical manifestations that if you were to just give yourself permission to go upstream and ask yourself, what was going on in my life a few months before the onset of these symptoms, nine times out of ten, what I noticed when I was talking with my patients is that there was some sort of a rupture in their relationship. There's a divorce happening. There's a infidelity that was discovered. There's some sort of a, a shock to the system, some sort of a challenge that uh, they're confronted by relationally or a crisis of who they are personally with, with context to who are you in, in terms of who am I in terms of uh, my career, my purpose, what is my purpose, why am I here? It's like a kind of an existential conflict. Some sort of a conflict and our inability to do conflict well causing that rupture that slowly progresses into showing up in your body. Now imagine if you were a chiropractor and you were seeing people year after year ten th doing your 10,000 hours and then really being the type of person that loves to get to know people on a personal level and then all of a sudden realizing that <clears throat> they don't uh, there's a pattern going on that the emotional th that the physical wounding is usually preceded by an emotional wounding let me say it again a physical wounding is usually preceded by an emotional wounding so I became fascinated by this and I just was exploring in my own life healing from my own woundings because I would the you know as I started learning this and I was kind of studying it personally developing myself personally and trying to work on my own emotional woundings that one relationship that failed after another after another and blaming the other person and being frustrated at the other person and playing victim to the other person finally I woke myself up and started realizing that I didn't really have choice in the matter that I didn't really have uh, autonomy and authority the way that I thought I did in the movie The Matrix Neo has a really neat um, 
Neo has a really neat moment where he says, when he's talking to Morpheus, he says, I don't like the idea that I'm not really the one in control of my life. And then Neo, uh, and then Morpheus says, I know, I know exactly what you mean, Neo. And this is really one of the critical moments when we are working with our clients, when they're starting to notice patterns showing up in their relationships, codependent patterns. They're starting to notice themselves feeling frustrated um, because they're having the same arguments again and again and again. They're showing up needy. They're showing up uh, abandoning themselves, people-pleasing, not being chosen. Like again and again and again, the experience of relationships don't feel nourishing and they become toxic and there's abusiveness that happens and <clears throat> you start to notice after a while when you hit your middle ages if you haven't done that already that the first half of life is a giant mistake that you weren't the one in control in the first place as Neo just says that you were actually the product of all of this unconscious wounding you've been acting from a place of wounding you've been acting uh, unconsciously in your neurology because your neurology was set up in such a way where you didn't feel safe you didn't feel safe in relationship you didn't understand you didn't have parents that understood the neurophysiology of interpersonal relationships and how how deeply connected we are how we sense things how our nervous systems are on alert for the slightest cues in our nonverbal communication the slightest cues in the voice, the slightest cues in facial expression. Um, we sense that very, very, um, we have a very sensitive attunement to that when we're connected. And depending on your the, the quality of your relationships in your childhood, like if you had emotions that were able to be soothed by a parent and your parent was attuned, what they call attunement, to the emotional needs of the child and they gave space and validation then the child develops a very healthy sense of self and understands themselves they understand their boundaries they can say this is what I want this is what I don't want children we we, we inherently we understand that but the problem is if you have parents that are not understanding attunement which most of us didn't have most of us were raised in an environment for parents that had the concept of uh, spare the rod, spoil the child. Children are to be seen, not to be heard. And so not having our reality validated and understood by our primary caregivers acts as a deep wounding for us. And it sets the tone for pretty much every single relationship that we have. Let me know if you resonate with this. The question that I have is what it was, the first question you want to write down, if you can just write it down in the comment section, what was the biggest wound from my childhood that still is being held in my body today? What's the biggest wound that I've been carrying with me in my childhood that still shows its head today what's the biggest wound what is it you want to ask that and when we work with our clients and we unpack and uncover this usually it's in, in under the um, under the kind of understanding that you know mom and dad and their 
challenges with one another, their relationship with one another, their relationship with themselves, cause them to behave in certain ways where they were not really present. Uh, they were reactive. They were sometimes physically abusive. Sometimes there was sexual abuse going on. And what happens is these wounds, it's not a cognitive thing. Most of the people that reach out to me say, but I have a problem, Dr. Nima. I don't remember my childhood. I have no memory of childhood. And we say, yes, I know. Because off, was there trauma? Oh, yeah, there was, but I don't have a memory of it. Well, totally makes sense because your nervous system, it was at the time, didn't understand how to process those emotions and wounds. And you didn't have parents that were able to sit with you and say, wow, what was that like for you? Was that difficult? It's okay to cry. You can cry with me. All of your feelings, I totally understand. They to and they helped you make sense of all of this stuff going on in your body that you don't really understand because you're completely unconscious. And then what happens is those painful woundings cause us to check out, to leave our bodies, or to external like or, or internalize things and say and make up stories that I'm not enough. So these woundings of I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not safe. They stay in our bodies and we spend, if you're anything like me, as I'm going through my life and seeing all of these things that I'm confronted by, bullying as a, as a, as a kid, <clears throat> having parents who are, let's quite frankly, narcissistic parents, which I, who I love, but now I understand it's kind of a narcissistic parenting. In, in other words, no concept of empathy for the kids. So constantly having to, uh, you know, fight for your reality and prove yourself because you just didn't feel seen. Let me know if you can relate to that. And so what happens is that gets stored in my nervous system. And then unconsciously, it kind of guides the way when I get into my relationships with people. And unconsciously, for example, the wound that I had have as a two-year-old experiencing a break, a separation from my mother, I didn't even remember. I don't even have a memory of it don't even have a memory of it uh, for two or three months my mother and twin brother came to Canada when I was in Iran and I had to live I, I you know it must have been horrible imagine a two-year-old not knowing when his mother was gonna come and not really understanding and having a concept of language even all that that two-year-old experienced was a, an abandonment right and the thing is is that I didn't know it was there I knew but, but it was in my body. How did I know it was there? Well, I didn't know until I started looking, until my last relationship completely broke down where I started looking at the patterns of all the women that I was dating and, and who I was even married to, who I chose, why I chose them. I thought I had choice. <laughs> I realized my choices were all coming out of that wound unconsciously. And that's the thing about our woundings. We don't know that they're there. How do we know? Until they get triggered. And when do they get triggered? Well, as soon as we get into relationships. And so the first half of life is a giant mistake because you're, like most, most of us, completely unconscious. I realized I was completely unconscious of who I was choosing, why I was choosing. I was, you know, living with a mask. Uh, and um, it wasn't until I had a colossal setback 
which crisis is one of the gifts of crisis is it wakes us up uh, to our unconsciousness and says all right so who am I forces us to ask the, the important questions who am I why am I here what do I want to do why am I here like what's the point of this existence in the first place and uh, how do I want to spend the remaining 18 to 20 to 30 25,000 days left if you subtract 95 from your age that number and then you multiply that by 365 you now have uh, how many days you have left give or take and it's like oh shit alright so I didn't have a choice most of it was unconscious <coughs> I, I, I did produce some magical results but also I've just completely shit the bed on so many different levels and what do I want now well I want connection I want to learn how to emotionally regulate I want to learn how to um, uh, like regulate my emotions really I want to be governed internally not have people outside of me run the show not be so constantly consumed by the opinions of others not to constantly hide in shame I want to have healthy relationships with other people and feel safe in my body when I do it I don't want to avoid people I don't want to avoid my mother you know I don't want to avoid my mother avoid my father because I'm so afraid to what happens when I get triggered yeah exactly you're now run by something external someone external and there's no freedom I want you want freedom and you want uh, to be able to connect to a purpose that's greater than you who am I and why am I here and all of this I discovered comes on the other side of healing your attachment wounds and it's not an overnight quick fix it is a journey it is sometimes a dark night of the soul but it's so worth it because the alternative is completely unbearable <laughs> living in the dark not knowing who you are not knowing have any level of conscious awareness of uh, what's most meaningful to you when you put it all together everything changes so this kind of seven part transmission that I'm doing this week uh, if you're new uh, welcome uh, I'm just going into helping you give, give, give some shine some light on some of your behavioral patterns that you don't even know you're doing that gives you an indicator that you're unconsciously acting from a wound so I'd love for you if you just jumped on now and you just jumped into the group now go back scroll down and watch the previous episodes number one number two if anything comes up and you want more information I have a free uh, training that I have it's a 90 minute deep dive training uh, called becoming trigger proof that anybody in the community if you PM me and you have a question or you just put a comment there I will send it to you for free with the promo code so that you have a better understanding of how to do it what it takes you know uh, the the climb that it takes to get there and so today's installment I'm gonna give you two more of behaviors behavioral patterns I want you to look at within yourself so that you can really see if you're acting unconscious it's really wise for you to do and so here they are number one I talked about this yesterday uh, because somebody literally asked it in the midst of my transmission was like here's what I do I completely uh, put everyone else's needs above mine and I was like oh shit 
that's going to be my topic for tomorrow I did touch upon it yesterday but I really want to share with you that whenever you notice yourself this is number one for today whenever you notice yourself deprioritizing your needs for the needs of somebody else pay attention let me know if you've ever caught yourself doing that where under what under what kind of arena do you do that when you deprioritize your needs for the needs of others and you have a fear of kind of setting that boundary and saying that you're acting out of a wound and where does that wound come from well in childhood if mom and dad were a shit show emotionally they had their addictions they had their compulsions they had their relational breakdowns and they needed to lean on you as a child in order to feel safe you had to abandon your needs to take care of mom and dad and make their emotions your priority let me know if this resonates with you this is a learned behavior and what happens is oftentimes that's called emotional incest by the way there's a word for that as well it's called emotional incest it's when the child becomes the partner to the parent because their relationship isn't on lockdown they don't have boundaries they don't know how to deal with conflict so there's a breakdown in the relationship and divorce separation whatever and mom or dad is just unraveling so the child you as an eight-year-old nine-year-old ten-year-old have to step up and take care of the emotional needs of mom or dad and so what ends up happening is you have a learned conditioned behavior that in order to feel safe you must deprioritize your needs that's a tough one and what'll happen is if you don't heal that what happens is you will get into relationships and you'll end up becoming the codependent you'll end up abandoning yourself and essentially you create a fracture between you and that other person you and yourself and to the degree that you abandon yourself you up up level your anxiety anxiety is your soul saying you have now fractured from your true self anxiety starts to show up that's the one thing the second thing that's you've been listening to the trigger proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world which is nervous system regulation becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less it means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds anytime there's reactivity there's a wound and if you're curious and inspired to learn more join us at breathwork and badassery or the overview experience and a combination of both actually helps you do the work there's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma it didn't start with you but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. What's going to happen is you're going to start, if you don't really learn how to heal that wound, <clears throat> you're going to start to resent your partner 
because here you are giving up you, giving up you, giving up you, unconsciously, by the way, because you don't have it set up in a win-win fair exchange. You don't have it set up that way. You're giving up, giving up, giving up, giving up, not knowing what you're getting out of the deal, not feeling a fair exchange, and then naturally resentment starts to build and then you end up hating that person and then blaming them because you're trying to be the rescuer because they're a shit show just like mom and dad were. <laughs> they have their addictions, they have their depression, they have whatever thing you have to deprioritize your needs to take care of them for. You lose yourself and all of a sudden now you hate them. And you're like, after 10, 20, 30 years, what I notice with my patients is they start developing chronic fatigue, chronic pain. <clears throat> the chronic fatigue and chronic pain is the physiology's attempt to try to get you back into your body and prioritizing you if you pay attention. But because you're so used to self-abandoning, you're just going to take pills and go to fibromyalgia support groups. I hated, I couldn't stand working with those people. I was trying to, your, your symptoms are way trying to wake you up to prioritizing yourself but it's so deep conditioning because of that childhood wound they're just in the dark they're just looking for a quick outside fix not knowing that there's no hero there's no pill there's no doctor that's going to solve the problem caused by deprioritizing your own needs in service of approval of being nice of being that fixer role you take on the rescuer role and you become the rescuer you become the fixer the pleaser and eventually because you can't do that work, that's their job, you then end up becoming their perpetrator because you didn't do the work right, do, do, do the job right, and they start playing victim to you. And then now you feel unappreciated because you've just deprioritized your own needs unconsciously, set it up in a certain way where you're like, fuck, I've just given up my whole life for you. I did this, 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 and this for you. I get no appreciation. Screw you. And then you start withdrawing your love or you start coming down hard and starting to you play the victim and then you become their perpetrator. And you now have started this beautiful drama triangle by trying to be the pleaser by acting unconsciously out of the wound. Let me know if any of this is resonating with you. Just say, I totally resonate. Share with me you know, your story. I'd love to hear it. The second part, second thing that is an unconscious behavior that you'll know that you're acting out of a wound is every, ever since I was a child, I remember, um, you know, wanting to explain myself. I want to be a chiropractor. Well, don't be a chiropractor. Go be a real doctor. Well, I want to go into salsa dancing. Ah, the salsa stuff is not cool. Oh, I want to go into coaching and teaching and, and healing work. Oh, no, stick to chiropractic. And in other words, I've always had I don't, I don't want to use the term always because whenever I use the term always, I know I'm full of shit. I often had the experience of I often had the experience of wanting to express something and then having it denied. Let me know if you know what I'm talking about there. okay? Let me know if you, you can feel what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying. I have this desire to express what I would like and then it be denied constantly. And so what that did, that was a wound where I didn't feel seen and heard and didn't feel validated. So what I would do is I would constantly act unconsciously in ways where I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to become super successful as, as a chiropractor, not because my heart was set on you know, helping many people. It was because I wanted to say fuck you to my parents and prove to them that I made the right choice. So when, you, when I did that and I operated in my 
practice out of purely out of ego like that, guess what the results were? I would I would try to be the hero. I would make it all about me. I would attract victims who were looking for a savior and then I will always go through this I would often go through this victim perpetrator uh, drama triangle with patients feeling the resentment wanting to be the hero and then it was all unconscious behavior because I wanted to prove myself if you're finding yourself constantly having to prove yourself look at look at the many ways in which you do this how do you prove yourself how often you're looking for that recognition that constant proving I need to prove myself like go 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 like why are you hustling well I have to get to certain amount why to prove that I'm worthy okay well there you go that is an unconscious sign indicator that you're acting out of a wound and so those two are my installment for today where does that show up where you deprioritize your own needs and you're constantly in need of proving yourself. Share it in the comments. Where do you do that often? Where And where does that wound come from? That's the conversation. Becoming trigger-proof is all about noticing that and then making a commitment. A commitment to healing those early attachment wounds so that you can have feeling of security feeling of I'm safe in my body feeling of I can set my boundaries and put my own needs first so that I can fill my cup and be better for others including my children feeling of I don't really need to prove myself I don't need to post and tell everybody how amazing everything is all the time and look at me and so so and so putting out a one-sided thing to prove that I'm worthy all of that starts to melt away you start to have this deeper sense of self where you're actually coming from your heart and when you're working you're actually doing it for you actually want to serve people you want to see people's lives light up it's not just about me and my you know accomplishments so I can prove to my dad that I am worthy of love after all it's actually no I see my worth I want to set people free and I want to help eliminate suffering in the best way that I know how and I want to teach others how to do that and so that's where I'm at and so um, it's really powerful let me know what came up for you in this conversation um, Maureen and Samantha what's up you guys are joining us for um, how to heal those attachment wounds basically you know you guys are like 100 percent all in with the process of taking responsibility and healing and so um, where do you begin with that? Where do you heal those attachment wounds? I have a, a an event coming up on Sunday or Monday morning if you're in Australia. I sent a link there. It's called Breathwork and Badassery. And Badassery, I, I teach how to heal, like the to get started, get your toes into the water of healing those attachment wounds. And then doing breathwork, which is basically what it is, is just, you know, changing your patterns you know changing the patterns of your identity like separating yourself from your ego really looking at where your ego is and separating yourself from your identity and just whoa that's what breath work is is waking up it's really about waking you up to these unconscious patterns and then starting to give you choice and agency moving forward so I really can't wait to dive in it's a three-hour event and you leave with a completely different nervous system and you're confronted with everything that's ever stopped you.
and I love teaching it. And um, if you know anybody, I'd like to invite you, if you know anybody who really needed to hear this transmission, I'd love for you to invite them into this, into this group. Just go ahead and invite them in and tag them in this video because we have this is the fourth installment and then if you just jumping on go back and watch the previous ones and really see where your life fits into that this is all about going from unconscious to conscious I'm gonna leave you with a quote from Carl Jung that I love is until you make the unconscious conscious it will rule your life and you'll call it fate and if you're interested in not letting fate set set you up but actually having some sort of a choice between how you want your life to go so that you can do what you love where you love with who you love eventually as you commit to going inside and taking off the mask and being able to set boundaries and s expand that space between stimulus and response you're then able to then create the life of your own design rather than it having be, been chosen for, for you from your unconscious wounding and your intergenerational trauma so see you at the next perfect time. If you have any questions, let me know. Send me a DM. If you have a story uh, that you'd like to share, go ahead and share it in the comment section and um, tag somebody that you know definitely needs to hear this. See you at the next perfect time.